Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. <laughs> uh, we're back. Feels like a little bit been a little while since we've been in the studio, uh, but you know, uh, one of the things uh, a number of people the GABF and then we just had AHA rally. A number of people saying, "Oh, you know, it's a shame you stopped doing the show." I'm like, "Stop doing the show? What are you you kidding me? <laughs> we've not missed a show in ten years or whatever it's been." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, shows haven't been posted since like June. I'm like June? What the? Yeah, uh, I'm going huh? to be fixing huh? that today. Okay, so yeah. we're going to get those things uh-huh. posted. Because yep. I'm like, well, if they're not going to get posted, I'm not going to do the show. That right. that's the way it works. Because as fun as it is, uh, you know, with the drive and everything else, uh, it eats up some time. Yeah. No, I was. <laughs> Pretty irritated when I found out that that hadn't been posted. Right. So we are doing everything in our limited power. Limited power to get the shows out All right. today or tomorrow. That'd be awesome. Because uh, yeah, people are like yeah, I really like this show, but you're not doing it anymore. <laughs> News to me. Yeah, I, I thought maybe it was just the iTunes feed wasn't going up and they were still on the Brew Network, but I didn't check myself. Yeah, that's what we thought too. Um, we're like, oh, well, it must be, it must be somewhere. Yes, yeah. yeah. somewhere available. People just start oh. looking. Oh, well. I post those. Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I had a great time at JBF. I know you did too, John. Yep, sure did. And uh, just did the AHA rally. Had a great time with that. That was a that was a blast. Like 300 people showing up at the brewery to uh, hang out, drink beer, talk brewery. Wow, that's a good crowd. Oh yeah, that's it's uh, that's our third time doing it. It's a, it's a blast. We yeah. really enjoy. I just it. got back from Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh yeah, uh, doing uh, the Sowers Cup uh, competition out there, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a good bunch of brewing clubs out there. Um, I mean, you know, I uh, didn't get. Quite the 300 people that you did, but uh, still, real good crowd. And uh, visited six breweries in one day there in Omaha, and then uh, four <laughs> breweries in Lincoln. Yeah. And uh, You visited 10 in a day? Two days. Oh, okay. Oh, that sounds but reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to push it. You know. Right. You didn't have more than two pints at each, so right. sure you're fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know that's all God's country out there. That's where that's where our good friend uh, Blickman's at in Indiana. That's right. Kind of that yeah. continuum of uh, God's country, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pert near smack dab next to it, I think. Right, right. Well, and uh, aren't you and Blickman doing something? Something BYO? Something? Yes. Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, a couple weeks from now, two short weeks from now, we do the BYO boot, uh, Beer Boot Camp mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. And John and I will be doing a show on All Green Essentials. And then I'm going to do a Home Brewing 101 uh, program the next day on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And um, that'll, that should be uh, quite good. Uh, everybody that's attending the class is going to get a copy of the latest edition of How to Brew. Because uh-huh. in in trying to distill how to brew into a presentation, well, it was kind of kind of long. So I thought, you know, it'd be easier just to take copies of the book and then hand it out and say, <laughs> "Yeah, you guys read this," Turned. and then just like email me. You got any questions? That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> Turn to page thirty six and read. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was 
it's rather than trying to put everything that's in how to brew in a pre- presentation, I've tried to yeah. kind of compromise there a little bit. Oh, there you go. But I'm I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be a lot of that fun. Sounds too. like fun, and especially fun because our good friend John Blickman will be there, and he is yes. an absolute delight to hang out with. He Indeed is. He is. Uh, he's such a crazy and clever guy, and uh, you know. I, I think that's really what defines all of, of Blickman is, you know, not crazy, but, you know, uh, clever, uh, well-made, yeah. you know. Um, I, I think that's what uh, all all their gear uh, exemplifies. And uh, he's been sponsoring the show since the, 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 I mean, since a few shows in uh for a long time and uh what we'd like you to do is email them at uh, feedback at uh, blickmanengineering.com and uh, tell them how much you appreciate that he sponsors the show because he's paying for it so you don't have to the least you can do is email him and say thanks while you're at it check out the good stuff they got on their uh, website blickmanengineering.com i think it's spelled with a b there's an m in there and like a, a dot and uh something else yeah. I think Google. I think you You'll can I think you can get it from that. I think I think you yeah. can work out the rest. All right. Uh today uh we have the great uh, joy and honor of having Jen Talley with us. She uh just wrote a uh, a book on session beers, a really nice book. And uh I recall uh I was going through Utah and I remember having uh I think some of her beers there and uh uh, being amazed at you know what was possible with a four uh, percent ABV uh, beer. Nice. Uh, when did when were you uh, when were you going through Utah? That would have been let's see that would have been like an RV trip with the family and that would have been maybe or maybe it was uh, it was going to see Grandpa uh, with the kids and that would have probably been maybe two thousand. Four two thousand two oh, between yeah. two thousand four yep. and two thousand six or something like that. Yep, I was brewing there at Squatters right. um, from nineteen ninety one, not to date myself, <laughs> to twenty eleven. So okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then I, I think I stopped by there again later on in another trip, like around two thousand and seven, I want to say, or two thousand and eight. Uh, and the beers were amazing, and I was so so happy. Uh, it, it made me want to live in Utah because wow, <laughs> I, you know, I love, I love drinking beer, but if every beer is, you know, eight to 12%, it makes it very difficult for me to have more than one at, at 4%, I can drink quite a bit. You know, yep. um, yep. it's, it's like when I go to England and I have, uh, you know, some traditional English ales. And there are three, two to you know, uh, four, four. I can drink a ton of them, and I just love it. There's plenty of alcohol to have effect, but you get more flavor, you get more experience. It's just just a joy to behold. And so, I remember in particular your, I think it was your um, Schwartz beer, mm-hmm. uh, was just out of this world good. And didn't didn't you win a medal around then yeah, at GABF? I think. I don't have a list in front of me, but I think we won six at JBF between JBF and World Beer Cup for that for the Schwartz beer. Uh, um, yeah, so it it was a it's a it was a popular one, and I worked hard on that recipe, and um, I really really I really loved that beer. And that, was, that and my um, my Vienna Lager was also one that you know brought in quite a bit of awards and was a really nice you know beautiful session beer that we created there as well and that was four percent abv 3.2 by weight correct so a lot of people uh, were often confused by oh that's not three two um but they're speaking of um abw or you know alcohol by weight uh versus abv and so the rest of the nation uses abv so whenever people would come to the pub for a tour i would train the servers i would i would kind of try to give them a new language and it's four percent it's not three two it's four percent because people mm-hmm. look at their bottles at home and they see the abv mm-hmm. then they hear this number three two and they they think it's you know right. they're, they're comparing it to their five percent abv at home it's like all right know, so, apples to apples so. well and it, it to me it didn't really matter because does it taste great is it just a joy to drink well then 
who cares what the numbers are, you know, or, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's one of those things. So Jen, how, how do you define what a, a session beer is? Um, I think first and foremost, even before we talk about, you know, the lower alcohol that these session beers have, um, they have to be high quality. Uh, they have to be very well made because even if you're, five percent abv or below and that's how i define session beers in the book because i just i use you have to use a standard and everyone has an opinion on what the high the alcohol should be for a session beer and it can't be higher than this and it has to be you know and and they're they kind of they range they range all over the place from as low as i've heard you know 3.5 you know abv and you know up to five percent no one really talks about it over five percent but the brewers association has kind of set their mark at five so that was the line i I drew in the sand as well and i think it's a good one but i think even the most defining uh characteristic of a session beer is its quality it has to be made extremely well meaning and what do i mean by that is you know quality ingredients yes but also no off flavors because there's not a lot of alcohol in these beers and um if you have off flavors you're really probably not going to want another pint mm-hmm. so they have to be very high quality and of course you know in the lower alcohol range mm-hmm those would be, I would say, my top two characteristics. And to be able to do the, you know, the quality and the lower alcohol and to want another one, they have to be balanced. So if you're making, let's say, a session IPA, which a lot of people are you know, into drinking and making these days, it's a real popular session beer out there, um, they can't be too bitter. You couldn't right. have just a massive, even if they were high quality, no off flavors, the lower alcohol. Mm-hmm. But let's say they're just pouring in tons of hop extract at the end, and they were harsh mm-hmm. um, because of the a massive amount of like maybe 85 IBUs were in it or something. Probably hard to drink another one because that, that you know the balance is off, and well, the hops are overpowering everything. I, I and, agree with you, you 100%. Know, That's one of my my pet peeves about people doing session IPAs. It shouldn't be the same bittering as your, Uh -uh. you know, Uh -uh. 8% IPA. You have to scale it down. They're like, well, I don't want it to be a pale ale. No, I I think there's such a a finer balance between when you go to session, your, your hands on the controls need to be much more in tune and where mm-hmm. you know an extra five ibus 10 ibus is a huge difference in a session beer it's it not is. in an eight percent beer you know there's there's not all that malt and, and other stuff to hide behind you have to be very careful a little bit too much is is way too much in a session beer and Absolutely. um I, I, you know i'm i'm with you on balance and and balance of uh things like carbonation as well uh, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes people just overcarbonate these things, and it makes them seem that much thinner and uh, sharper than than they should be. And so, what we're really talking about is this elusive word called drinkability, mm-hmm. and um, it, they have to be highly drinkable because it's a session beer, and low alcohol alone does not define a session beer. You know, you have to have high quality, good balance, nice flavor, lower alcohol. But, you know, you want to drink another one. They have to be, you know, they have to have this drinkability where you you just like, thank you, can I have another one? You know, Mm -hmm. you want to have another one. So nothing can be too high of points like your carbonation or your bitterness or whatnot. So the drinkability factor has to be there. Drinkability and balance go hand in hand, don't they? Yes, they do. They absolutely do. Well, uh, let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we get back, I want to talk about uh, something more about the ingredients and and how they affect uh, balance in session beers. All right. Uh, We'll take a short break, and we'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all-grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All-Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The BrewEasy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and Brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. 
Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Yeah, that's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft lines. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewers edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like Wine guys, brew strong. All right, I want to tell you, White Labs has recently added two new yeast strains to the vault. The collection is specially one-of-a-kind strains. Now homebrewers are able to pre-order WLP 066. That's the London Fog Ale Yeast, the one that uh, if you're interested in making a hazy IPA or something like that, uh, the London Fog's a great choice for those. Uh, and they're adding uh, the WLP 073 Artisanal Country Ale Yeast. Um the uh, pro, pro brewers can get in on this too. All you got to do is uh, uh, order at least a 1.5 liter of that, and uh, you can you can get that as well. Uh, the artisanal country ale yeast is perfect for your next beer to guard or farmhouse style ale. Uh, don't wait, uh, homebrewers. You visit uh, whitelabs.com/slash/the-vault uh, to learn more and place a pre-order on White Labs specialty strains. That's the the vault's a cool thing where they can put out all these different strains that you know if there's for them to grow a batch of yeast and package it without and then it not sell is really kind of a waste and. And a major problem. But they don't know on these real odd yeasts whether or not that's going to happen. So they do this. They, they list it. If they get 150 orders, boom, it's done. They, they, they grow it up and ship it out to you. So kind of cool. Uh, White Labs, The Vault. All right, so we were talking uh, session beers here with Jen Talley, um, who literally wrote the book on session beers. And uh, 
we were talking about the the ingredients and how that affects balance as well. Um, high quality ingredients, I assume, Jen. Uh, I, I don't think you'd use anything else, right? Yeah, exactly. You definitely want to have high quality ingredients. Um, you know, fresh hops. You know, if you have old hops you're using and they kind of put off kind of like a cheesy, you know. You know, isovaleric kind of flavor. That's that's going to come through. You know, like we mentioned, there's nothing to hide behind as far as that alcohol. So, your the quality of your ingredients is is, is super important. Um, but then, you know, how you how you build your your grist. You know, how you build your uh, grain bill. I like to use a lot of Munich malt mm-hmm. um, to help build some body, mm-hmm. and um, I also like to mash a little hotter temperatures to um, you know ex- you know convert some unfermentable sugars to add body back into the beer. Um, that you know that has that that can really help to uh, build up the mouthfeel and body of the of a session beer. Um, we touched just a little bit on hops. Um, definitely need to be fresh. Um, you can. It's very easy to overdo the bitterness, uh, so you want to keep that in check. And you can still have you know a nice uh, bitter beer, but you know I, I like to keep those session IPAs around um, probably you know. Oh, 45 IBU seems to be a really nice, um, you know, uh, number. And I and I also I speak in the book a lot about quality of bitterness um, when utilizing your your ingredients and mm-hmm. where you're placing um, those hops to get the bitterness. I don't hop burst. I guess it's kind of called these days, and put them all in the whirlpool. I think that in a lower alcohol beer, that tends to come off as a little harsher bitterness. And I like to do a little bit more classic hopping and put my bitterness up front, and then drive that flavor and aroma with the dry hopping. Mm-hmm. That seems to really help um, keep the balance um, and flavor of the session IPA really nice. Keep you coming back for more. And what about things like uh, water and adjusting your water? Mm-hmm. What, what should uh, you one, focus one, on? You there? know, the one thing I do for the water, obviously, is you know, of course, good potable water that you would want in your you know brewery. You know, may, take a look at you know all your your minerals and your calcium level, and you'll want to make sure you have enough calcium, um, you know, for your laudering and you know. Uh, you want to make sure your pH is adjusted. So you you want to make sure your pHs are in line for your mash um, and your sparge. Um, you definitely don't want to be just like you would for any beer. But you see, when we talk about a session beer, it's going to make a larger have a larger impact because you don't have the alcohol. We kind of keep coming back to that theme, but I can't stress it enough. So all of the basic good brewing um, processes you would do for any any good beer um, are amplified in this brewing so having your ph in line um, from the beginning whether that means you're acidifying your foundation water water or you're using acidulated malt to help lower that ph you don't want those to rise above about five my my point is about 5.75 when you're running your last runs over or even 5.7 because you don't want to extract that harsh astringency out of the malt when those pHs start to rise. Mm-hmm. Um, that's extremely important because that just is does not make you want to have another one of these session beers. Um, and then as far as my calcium addition goes, I, lo- I love to use calcium chloride because it enhances the mouthfeel um, once again. And you don't you don't need to dry out a session beer. You know, I I still like to end my terminal gravity some somewhere you know very similar. I don't have higher terminal gravity and more residual sweetness to try and fake body. I think that's uh, not mm-hmm. the greatest mm-hmm. technique mm-hmm. for making a session beer. So I like to end my beers, the terminal gravities, <clears throat> very similar to what a, regu- what, a, what a beer made at above 5%, 6%, 7% would still end at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tried to enhance the body and mouthfeel through malt and uh, water and appropriate use of the hops, good processes. Well, I think that's one of the uh, uh, major shortcomings of a lot of people brewing session beers. A lot of people brewing beers in general that uh, they struggle with uh, good fermentation, good attenuation. And you you can attenuate a beer fully and not have it end up um, coming out thin or too dry. Mm-hmm. You you know it depends on how you've built that grist, uh, that uh, that malt profile and and the body and everything else, and yet you can you can ferment the daylights out and and you you get this beautiful balance of great mouthfeel. There is some sweetness, but it you know finishes dry, and I think that's the the 
the thing that people are missing so much in so many of these attempts. So uh, mm-hmm. what what kind of other secrets do you have for people on on that? When, when, well, uh, I think that's that a really good point. So if you, if you think about if you think about um, a, a session beer made with calcium sulfate as opposed to the chloride, mm-hmm. and let's say you ferment it down to 2.2, and um, you just use straight two-row, um, you can almost come off, it kind of comes off, it can come off very watery and very mm-hmm. thin, mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't need to do that. The, the chloride is a huge a huge. Uh, a huge element using calcium chloride, um, and I don't know if I mentioned, but I like to use uh, Munich malts or Vienna malts in the Gristville. Mm-hmm. Um, up to twenty percent can really help uh, build nice body uh, into into a session beer, into a lower alcohol beer. Uh, but key w- one key factor is that healthy fermentation. You know, pitching the right amount of yeast, and these once again are good processes for any brewing, but. Um, you know, very important in session beer that your, you know, your pitch count is on, your fermentation is healthy, your maturation is long enough to reuptake any of the off flavors produced um, that you want reabsorbed, and getting that beer off the yeast so you don't have a autolysis occurring. Uh, all, all very important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you uh, ever change your your rate um, uh, for pitching? Uh, for session beers, or do you uh, do you pretty much stick with the same, uh, you know, per mill per plato that you yeah. would? Uh... Yeah, it's definitely the same um, rule of thumb um, as you mentioned, and you know, like when you're making really large beers, you you really do have to up that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, you know, run a dissolved oxygen meter probe in line and making sure my dissolved oxygen is not too high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for uh, professional brewers, we a lot of times use medical oxygen, which you can over-oxygenate your wort stream easily with. Mm-hmm. And um, you can really uh, create a lot of acetaldehyde if you are over-oxygenating a low, a low Plato original gravity beer. So if you're starting at 10 Plato or <clears throat> 11 or 12, and you're you know shooting in 21 pp, you know ppm of oxygen, then you're just going to be you know it, you can you can really ruin it that way as well. So those little small those small processes all along the way, you know we mentioned we're mentioning a lot, but if you're you have to attend to all of them and be diligent about it to get a great session beer at the end. They all matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And. Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to mean to jump around here, but what um, uh, styles of beer do you think are appropriate for session beers? Are all styles of beer appropriate to be made into a session-level beer, or, um, or are there only some that, that tend to uh, to work as, as a session ale or lager? Well, I mean, if, I mean, when looking at history, you know, historical, you know, uh, traditions of brewing and whatnot and you look at like a Maybach or you look at a um, a big Meritzen, you know, those in my mind, you know, yeah, you can try and drink a lot of them, but it gets a little bit difficult when mm-hmm. they get into the higher alcohols or they get into large multi range. Like we make a um, we make hop donkey um, at uh, Auburn Ale House and it's a double red. You know, I think it's nine percent alcohol. Um, it's full of caramel malts and complex malts, uh, massive amounts of hops and bitterness, and that is not a session beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to drink, you know, two sixteen ounce pints of nine percent beer, um, or, or three. You know, a session beer usually one, two, three. You know, maybe even four. I mean, at that lower alcohol, you can really do that. So yeah, there are styles that just. That just don't work. Barley mm-hmm. wines, you know. I think my friend John Harris at Ecliptic recently made a – I saw it. I don't know where it was in a posting or something, and it, he called it a session barley wine. I remember texting him. I'm like, really, John? He's like, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't really – and I don't really know what he did with it, but he was trying to do some type of a version of that. But I think it gets a little weird when you when – you, it's kind of interesting when, when, when you try to take these big styles that are known for their alcohol and their body or their mm-hmm. big malts, um, and you try and say – now I'm going to make it a session style. That that to me is like I don't mm-hmm. think we need to do that as an industry. I think we can just leave imperial stouts, <laughs> imperial stouts. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Some of them, it's it's kind of like the you know doing the the black IPA. You know, it's kind of weird to try and make a black version of something that's pale. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah oh, that's, like, that's interesting. All right. That's a little weird, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think I mean Czech pilsners. You asked me what are what are some you know great. St- I mean Vienna Lager, the Schwarz beer, um, you know Weiss beers, as long as they're you know not going too hot, you know above five and you know five percent. And uh, pilsners are wonderful for session beers. Mm-hmm. I mean the you know the most popular dark session beer in the world, ten million pints, you know a day or drink every day. Um, Guinness Dry Irish Stout, fantastic mm-hmm. session beer. Mm-hmm. So you know session beer spans a wide variety of styles Kolsch, Alt, you know um, the Belgians make great, you know, some great session, you know, pails uh, with wonderful Belgian, you know yeast strains that have beautiful you know, phenolic, light phenolic notes and mineraliness from magnesium and but they do it very gentle and um, there's some some wonderful session beers coming out of Belgium um, and wit, the wit beer, you know, mm. Hoogarden and right, Allagash right. is white. So it, it, it just there's the, the session beer crosses so many different styles, which mm-hmm. is wonderful about it. Mm-hmm. I have a, a thought on session beers. I think one thing that makes them session and kind of illustrates the balance principle. I think you know, in a session beer, you have uh, less body. Generally, you have less lingering of that beer on the palate, say, compared to, you know, the Imperial Red or the Barley Wine or the uh, Bach, um, you know, in terms of the, the viscosity of the beer. And so there has to be, I think, better uh, differentiation of, you know, the aspects of the beer, whether, you know, the, you're talking about the hop character and the malt character, the way the bitterness transitions and you know or from malt flavor to bitterness or vice versa um i think you know when you have a very large complex beer a very high alcohol beer um you can have you know continuous hopping and and you know tons of hop flavor and bitterness and aroma uh because that that beer is lingering on the palate more allowing you to experience all those different aspects in a smaller beer, a session beer, I think if you try to do that, uh, you end up you end up not being able to differentiate them, and the beer tastes muddier, you know, or just less complex. Um, yeah. So I think hmm. I, I'm, I'm disagreeing with you, John. Okay, uh, I think in the case of you know uh, Jen Swartz beer um, or some of the session IPAs, I mean, you've it. it it's it's a matter of timing. It's a matter of, of levels. I, I think you, at least in envisioning your session beers, you want to uh, think about this aspect. You know, uh, getting um, uh, some distinction in, in each of these characters so that uh, you can fully experience them. Yeah. See, I so here's here's uh, where I struggle because I think. Um, you know, you're not trying to make a, a lesser version of the beer. The, the point is to make a beer with all that same character and, um, you know, grace and, you know, drinkability in a lower ABV beer. Not and, and, and here's one of the things about bigger beers. Take, find some double IPA somewhere. Cut it in half with like eight. We, I do this with our eight percent double IPA. Cut it in half with water. It becomes more bitter. It becomes hoppier. And it's just because you are cutting the alcohol and the malt down that all those mm-hmm. things are exposed. You can actually taste the malt more. You can taste more more of the hops. So, you know, making it smaller doesn't necessarily mean. You know, you're losing out on that. It, it, it's it's like adding water to whiskey. You do it because yeah. it, it 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 opens up the the characters uh, for you to sense. And I think you know one the, that's one of the great things about session beers. It's not you don't have to overwhelm the beer with hops to try and get hop flavor. Um, no, I think that's where I'm delicate. going. I'm going. I'm going for a less is more. Well, um, yeah. I, see, I think you get more character out of it. With yeah, so I, lesser. I, to add to that, I would absolutely agree with that. And so when you select your malts, it's extraordinarily important to obviously chew your malt, taste it, because everything's amplified. So, for instance, there's um, a malt in, 
out there, and it gives a very toasty, intense, toasty, bready flavor. Um, it's only about a 20 levy bomb malt, but if you um, if you overuse it in a session beer, you you've completely you know it, it's too yeah. much. It's, it becomes too one dimensional. So yes. you have to be extraordinarily you know light handed and delicate. Um, and you can still get some of the interesting malt flavors of biscuit or toast or what you know I use for my caramel malts. If I want um, a depth of a caramel flavor that doesn't overpower, I'll use a really intense malt like Cara Aroma from Vireman. It's a 145 Levy Bond, but you have to use it as extremely light percentages um, to just not overpower anything else going on. So that balance in ingredients and the light-handedness is really, really important. Yeah, especially that's what I was trying in, to yeah. say. Yeah, right. especially if you're going to do the infusions like coffee or vanilla or anything. that It goes across the board with your malt, with your hops, or with any added specialty ingredient that you want to layer in there, like with your wit beer. You know, when I was talking to uh, Jason Perkins at Allagash about the wit beer, that they make that I, I put in the book, you know, freshness is key on that coriander and orange peel um, and very low amounts. Um, but the, the quality, once again, going back to the quality of the ingredients you're adding, be, you know, becomes amplified because it's just all right there. You know, to hide behind. Well, and I, I think, you know, we might look at this from the from the reverse, which is, you know, when you when you take a, a nice you know, sessionable, well-balanced beer with great flavor, and you try and drive that up into an imperial version, what ends up happening is you end up just pouring in a lot more of the, the you know, hops or malt, whatever, in order to try and retain some of that character that starts getting lost as you go bigger and bigger and bigger on the beer. I, I, you know, if, if uh, just about everybody's tried making imperial versions of some smaller beer, and that's what what ends up happening. It's it's a it's more of a struggle to uh, get that character in those big beers to come out and not be muddled and masked. Well, that's interesting that you pointed that out. Uh, I'll I'll you use the example of I've seen out in the marketplace just a little bit. I don't think many people ever jumped on this bandwagon and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I just don't go to the beer aisle as much because I make beer and I bring a lot of the beer home from the brewery to drink. Um, Like Imperial Pilsner. I mean, the essence of a Pilsner Mm -hmm. is that beautiful, Mm -hmm. delicate, wonderful malt layered with, you know, the the correct bitterness depending on if you're brewing Bohemian or Czech. And... um, you know the 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 effervescent of the carbonation and, and the refreshingness of it. So to put the word imperial there, mm-hmm. and to double those ingredients and bring up the alcohol and power in the malt, it is not a pilsner anymore. It sh- you shouldn't even use the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it becomes a whole different animal. Right. So I, I that that I as far as a style. Like if you want to say style police or geek or whatever, um, that, that's hard. That's hard for me when, when we when we when we do a different trend like that. And I'm like, nah, eh, that's not even a pilsner anymore. It it, it can't retain the characteristics that def, that define, especially these historical styles, by being brought up to a higher level of alcohol. You just you just it's just a different beer. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, a lot of imperial styles I've you know seen attempted haven't been very drinkable for me mm-hmm. imperial wit mm-hmm. and imperial uh hefeweizen and a few others it's just like you know interesting exercise but didn't really work because they overdid it oh i'll tell you uh john you've used the brew guru app have you not Oh, yes, many times. Right. Uh, I think we were both using it when we were in Minnesota for the uh, the Homebrewers Conference. Oh, yeah? yeah. It's a free app. Uh, you can get it at all your, your popular places. You can get it off the uh, the uh, App Store. You can get it off the, the Google Play Store. You can get it from the uh, small child sitting at the end of your couch. All the places you normally go to get software installed on your phone. And uh, it's free, like I said. And for members, it has an amazing array of stuff in there that uh, is very helpful for to, for you to get the most out of your membership. For one, it'll tell you where all the places are around you to drink. So all the great beer bars and breweries and brew pubs, and then it'll highlight the ones that are giving you a discount. So you can say, hey, what's the closest place around me that's giving an AHA discount? Oh, here you go. 
and you can go and uh, drink beer there. It's got uh, discounts on uh, brewing supplies, things like that. You can find the homebrew shops that have the discounts for you. And um, they include some articles, a bunch of different stuff in there that's just uh, very uh, easy to use. I found it to be very snappy and responsive when I need to, to look something up. I found it better than Google Maps. Um, when you when you put in you know brew or brewery and you end up with you know ten coffee places along with all the, <laughs> the uh, beer places, and then you're you know all right. Um, so I found that to be great. Uh, so go check it out. If you're not an AHA member, make sure to sign up for the AHA. Uh, great organization. does a lot for, for homebrewers and for beer. And uh, they got great stuff like that, including the uh, Zymergy Magazine, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Jen, I want to put you on the spot and ask you for uh, a great uh, session beer recipe. You know, hopefully one of your, your many multiple award-winning beer recipes. All right, we'll be back right after this. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, Y yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grain Fathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at hoptech.com. Hoptech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. 
This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Socket JP. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Oh, you know, when you are uh, getting ready to brew your session beer with quality ingredients, which we determine is extremely important to the to the session beer style, uh, one of the places you can go, Great Fermentations. They've got the largest uh, catalog of Blickman products. Uh, they've got the best trained people on Blickman products. Top-notch customer service. Same-day shipping on most items. Yeah, check them out at greatfermentations.com. I've been there. I've I've just tasted their malt. I've sniffed their hops. I've uh, jiggled their yeast. I've I've been to to both locations and uh, top notch people, top notch ingredients. Uh, check them out greatfermentations.com. You can like them on Facebook, uh, gr8 fermentation, and uh, you can also find them on Instagram and Twitter as gr8 fermentation. So check them out greatfermentations.com. Good people. All right, Jen, uh, before the break, I put you on the spot. I was like, all right, uh, totally unplanned. Can you give us a recipe? Oh, for, uh, yeah, I'm going to give you a good one. I okay. love that question. That's awesome. I just happened to be at my computer, so um, I took the time, and I'm going to give you my Black Forest Schwartz recipe that won mm. those awards for Schwartz beer. Because I think it is, um, it's a very complex recipe, mm-hmm. and it really exemplifies some of the things that I was talking about, about... Um, uh, building complexity with a very light sleight of hand. And it also, um, there's a trick in here that I can talk about um, that I haven't mentioned. So first off, it's uh, German-style Schwarzbier is the style um, on the malt side. And I'm just going to do it in percentages because that's Perfect. the easiest way. You can have a boil size of a gallon to 10 gallons. And if you have percentages, you can kind of figure that out. So... Um, I like to combine uh, the Pilsner malt with the two-row. So I use about 44% uh, high-quality Pils malt, 24% two-row, about 18% Munich, um, and 4%. And here's a really interesting one that makes this beer a Belgian malt called Special B. And it's excellent. It's a very unique flavor and is just very complex. yummy tasty uh, malt called special b a two percent chocolate very light three percent um on the dehusked carafa three very important to be dehusked on your black malt to not bring astringent uh, harsh black malt uh, husk astringency and then three percent on another one of my favorite um uh, complex malts vireman cara aroma so, you know, I've got four malts in there that are between 2 and 4%. Um, and the trick I wanted to mention is that Carafa 3. I use that a lot in session beer brewing. For my alt beer, I would mash in and I would grind and then I would get all mashed in, right? And now I'm all, almost ready to sparge. Do this at home. That Now I'm grinding just a little bit, 1% to 3% of black malt, and I sprinkle it on the top and sparge over it so it's not dug into my mash bed and it kind of helps create that blood red color you're sometimes looking for but without bringing any of that malt flavor into it like mm-hmm. to try to get color out of the malt but no flavor dehouse carafa 3 is great to do that with um i start this beer at 11 and a half play-doh and you guys are going to have to do the conversion to balling but it's not hard um it ends uh about three 
Play-Doh. And the hops are pretty classic. 58% of your BUs, uh, your bitterness, should come from your first hop addition, which is Tetanang. You know, boil classic um, 90 minutes. And then the second hop would come 30 minutes to end a boil. And that would be a combination of Tetanang and Mount Hood, which is Holotower Middle Fruit. So any really quali- quality Holotow could work. And that's about 35% of your bitterness. And the knockout hop is only bringing you 6.5% of your bitterness, and it's a Holotow. Um, and I calculate at least 10% utilization for those bitterness units because you're at a stand. If you're at a stand over 175 Fahrenheit, you are extracting, you're at, you are isomerizing alpha acids. So um, I do put a utilization rate of about 10%, even on my knockout hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, high quality lager yeast, and you got yourself a great Schwartz beer. You Could go. you run through the malt percentages again? I think I wrote sure. that wrong. Um, okay, so on the Vireman Pilsner, it's 44%, mm-hmm. and the two row, 24 Yeah, check my math on if it adds up to 100 because I didn't back calculate it. So uh, 24%, um, well, I guess it's not going to add up to 100 It's um, then 18% on Munich, and 4% on Special B. 2% on chocolate, 3% on dehusked uh, Carafa 3, and 2% on Cara Aroma. What shocks me is the uh, the use of the special B. Yeah, and that's the that's the secret ingredient. Because uh, no one would think about putting special B right. in their German Schwartz beer. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it works really well. What? But, you know, it's, it's only 4%. Right, right. Like you were saying, you know, you can use a, a high-color uh, mm-hmm. crystal sparingly. And, you know, you get the, some of the flavor without, uh, you know, uh, going overboard. And what What's the uh, love of bond of the Munich? Um, that's going to be your Munich type 1. So it's going to be somewhere between 8 and 10. Okay. Well, what was the total IBUs you were shooting for? Oh, yeah. The total. You know what? That's right. I did 26. That's right. I hadn't mentioned that. Total okay. IBUs uh, that I'm shooting for is 26 and ABV 4%. And I don't have this in the book. I decided to not put it in the book and um, put um, another wonderful Schwartz beer that's made in Utah. Uh, one year, we had three Schwartz beers win gold, silver, bronze, um, and they all came from Utah. One of them was, like, I think, Black Beer um, from – was it Black Beer or Baba? Yeah, Baba Black Beer from Uinta. And then it was also uh, our Schwartz beer, Black Forest. And then it was Kevin Templin's over at Red Rock. And so I had Kevin Schwartz beer, which is a fantastic Schwartz beer as well. But that's the recipe in the book. But the one I just gave you was mine. Well, very nice. I'm glad to have that because, I yeah. mean, you, you, you took a couple of nice medals at GABF this year. Um, yes, that not in session beer. <laughs> we won uh, silver for our IPA Gold Digger, and um, then we won um, uh, gold for our Hop Donkey in the Double Red. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great stuff. And uh, yeah, I remember having that beer uh, back then, and it, it was just amazing. I, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite styles, and um, uh, I've always meant to uh, talk to you about it at some point. <laughs> And here it is. Oh, cool! You know, what, 11, 12 years later, finally uh, talking about it. Yeah, um, that's great. That's great that you remembered it. That well, only adds up to ninety-seven percent. So, you know, what I did was when I ran through, um, when I ran through the percentages on commercial break, I kind of left off the point three or the point two. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. there's some, you know, point three or point four or something like that on those, like four point two or two point three, and there's slight little, you know, that obviously add up to that extra three percent but i just rounded them to the nearest number um what was the other thing i was going to ask you uh oh no um i was going to say the reason that i remembered that uh that schwartz beer is also I i think it won that year maybe the year before and people were were surprised that because there were people entering in that category at a much higher abv Yet, yours was the you know the winner, even though it was only a, a four percenter. Correct. So I think that that goes goes to show um, your talent and skill for for making beers like that. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's um, one of my favorites, and I, I I challenge you to replicate it. 
<laughs> All right. And then I, I don't know. I really don't think you probably – I don't think there's going to be any acidification in the foundation of that water. I think you've got enough dark malt there right. that it should probably take care of itself. Any tips for people on fermentation on this beer? A cold 50, 50F. Um, I used 2124 lager yeast from Y yeast, and I always fermented um, – I always fermented in the low 50s. Now, if uh, you have experience using a nice lager yeast and you like to start it at 52 and then come in 24 hours later and somehow maybe chill your refrigerator or wherever you're fermenting uh, down, you know, just so you know it gets a vigorous start, that's a fine technique. Um, at the end of fermentation, I don't know how much control uh, homebrewers these days have over this so i'm just going to tell you ideal and then if it can happen that's great i don't you know um but i it seems like there's a lot of tools out there for the home brewer um at the very end of fermentation so within about five about anywhere between five and six play-doh you try to catch it and you want to let it free rise up into the low 60s and that's how you scrub for diacetyl in a lager beer it's a really nice way to do it so you you ferment it initially very cold the very end you can go ahead and let it free rise up into the lower 60s and then fermentation complete give it a nice 24-hour diacetyl rest and then cool it down and then age it at least 30 days cold at 30 you want to be it's a 30 to 40 day beer so then if you can if you can just let it sit off the yeast rack it into something else before carbonation and let it you know just mature at 33 34 35 for you know you know 25 30 days after fermentation um that's great i mean even 45 days just be beautiful on this beer i always try to do at least 40 days on my jbf entries hmm interesting all right beer yeah uh now um where can people pick up the session beers book um the brewer's publication uh of the Brewers Association, so you can get through the Brewers Publication site, uh, the bookstore, um, on the BA site, and then Amazon has it, or probably some local bookstores, but probably Amazon's your best bet, or the mm-hmm. Brewers Association. Or ask your local homebrew shop as well. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be yeah, they great. They can get, yeah. it, get it for you, and I'm sure great fermentation, so probably got them. They had a good mm-hmm. collection of books there, and they can get it out to you quick, and then you're, you're not supporting... Uh, uh, Amazon is fine. <laughs> sure, yeah. That, 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 that is great. That's good. Uh, not that Amazon's horrible. It's just they can't get my packages to me. That's the problem. <laughs> Keep saying, oh, we couldn't deliver it. Nobody was there. There's 20 people in the building. Come on. Drop off the package. What's the matter with you people? Well, that's a whole other show. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Jen, for joining us. Uh, excellent information. Uh, Thanks for having show. me. Yeah. Um, maybe we can have you back another time. Just Anytime. Uh, all right. Thanks. Uh, take care. All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up right after this. Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus. And Radical Brewing, Recipes, Tales, and World-Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at brewerspublications.com. Brewers Publications. All the best on beer and brewing. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and a home brewer's answer book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any 
Bethany Brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the thebrewingnetwork.com. Grog tags aren't just for labeling your home brews to hand out to your friends. They're the perfect way to round out your personal brewing marketing. Bringing your latest beer to a funeral? Craft a metal sign to go with it. Heading out to Little Liam's Bar Mitzvah? Grog Tag custom bottle caps are awesome. Couldn't get out of jury duty this year? Grog Tag the hell out of the deliberation room with reusable labels. Grog Tag has an awesome array of products just waiting to be customized by you. Metal signs, coasters, tasting mats, bottle caps, tap handles. It's all there waiting for your designs at Grog Tag. Liven up your next party with the widest selection of custom products ever offered by a sponsor of the Brewing Network. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. That's a bunch of great information from Jen on session beers, don't you think, uh, John? Oh yeah, that was a great show. Yeah, was, uh, and, yeah. Uh, I, I, her her session beers book is really good read too. Mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm. it, and uh, she makes a uh, you know in that book she makes the point a couple times of you know balance and and a delicate balance being key in session beers and to listen to your beer. In other words, pay attention to the details mm-hmm. uh, as you're brewing and so on because, you know, that's in pursuit of that delicate balance. That's how you're going to get there. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the interest in session beers is high, but, you know, there's just so many that are lack any sort of balance whatsoever and are difficult to drink. Where yeah. it, it reminds me of... Um, you know, New England IPA. The interest is very high, and there's some great ones out there, but a lot of them are yeah. being made very poorly. And I, right. I, I guess maybe that's just the way that brewing is, because you know, you people blame it on New England IPA as a style, but I'm like, well, it, it's not that. It's that people just don't. It's a difficult thing to achieve, and people don't know how to do it, and so they're making crappy versions and just right. foist them off on people. And same thing with session beers. And uh, I think it just takes a matter of time. It takes getting some good books out there like the Session Beer, some good information. And and then, you know, people start dialing it in and they start realizing what a good example is and versus just an example. Um, I think that's, that's uh, you know, quite a, quite a difference. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, and... I don't know if you're in the need for some stuff to uh, spice up uh, your life, John. No, I'm pretty satiated. <laughs> satiated. You've got a full. You've got a full load in right now, and and no need for any more excitement. No, no, spice. no I gotta keep my blood pressure a little lower. And, you know, <laughs> take it easy. Well, for those of you not taking it easy, for those of you who could <laughs> use a little bit more excitement in your life, check out AdamandEve.com today. If you use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, and uh, you're going to get 50% off just about any one item that they sell. Uh, And then when you do, you're going to get three free adult DVDs. You're going to get a free extra sensual gift. And you're going to get free shipping. All you got to use is the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com. One item in the cart. There's your 50% off, and then you get a bunch of free stuff and free shipping. So if you've never shopped there before, give it a try. I mean, it's a cheap way to get a bunch of dildos or whatever you guys are buying. I don't know. Uh, They keep advertising, so you must be buying a few. Um, Probably more than your fair share. All right, but (laughs) buy some more. Uh, Get a bigger one. Get a smaller one. I don't know. You know, there's multiple uses, too. I mean, you can use them as mash paddles if you want, depending on the size. Rolling pin? Yeah. Baseball bat? There you go. Use it to beat your neighbor, silly. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, they get a lot of they get a lot of good stuff, not just dildos. They get a a, a wide array of things uh, that can be used for many many different things. You know, like Bebo, she's using the uh, the in the sex swing uh, for her child. You know, uh, see, hang, hanging on the what, you hung it on the doorway. Was that that where you hung it? Yeah, yeah, in the doorway. Yeah, yeah. You um, can't get the one that mounts to the door. That doesn't really work. You get the free swinging one. Right, right. Yeah, and that one you can hang off the tree in your front yard. Huh? You know, no judgment. The neighbors can use. The neighbors it. would love you. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> That's really the way it goes. All right, another fine show. Uh, thank you to uh, Jen Telly, our guest. If you're if you're in the market for uh, some good learning, get get a hold of that uh, sessions uh, session beers uh, book by Jen Telly, uh, published by the Brewers Publications. Um, also check out uh, our other fine sponsors, especially Blickman Engineering, BlickmanEngineering.com. Uh, send John an email at feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. He appreciates hearing from me. He really does. He likes it. He likes to know that his money is not going down some hole, that we're actually doing the shows, and that you guys are actually listening. Um, check out the Brewing Network store, thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. There's all sorts of goodies in there. Um, they got a big special on uh, rice cookers this week. You know, uh, mm-hmm. nice Japanese rice cookers. They are 50% off. It's amazing quality rice cookers. time for the holidays. And um, repurposed okay. BF Goodrich tire swings. And BF Goodrich tire swings as well. He's being funny, but everything in the Brewing Network store, almost, almost everything is 30 to 50% off right now. So there you go. Go buy stuff. Well, all right. Uh, until then, everybody, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everyone. <laughs>